We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown, Quick Hitter Monday episode for you, where we are going to go through and uh, talk about the hiring of Ken Dorsey. Obviously, there's some other stuff that I'd like to get into. Andrew and I couldn't link up. The timing didn't work out. Largely my fault. So we are going to spend some time on the OBR Twitch. This will be out on a pod tomorrow, so we will put that uh, OBR Twitch and YouTube show out and available for the podcast, like I said, tomorrow. So we'll go through, like, the conference championship games and then and then dive a little deeper on Dorsey. So uh, the Browns, obviously, I just kind of want to do some immediate knee-jerk reaction thoughts to it and then tie in some of like who Ken Dorsey is and where he's been and stuff like that. So, yeah, let's just have that quick conversation to start out and sort of track this stuff around. So Dorsey's a guy originally hails out of California, went to Miami. You probably have the most immediate impression of him if you were an Ohio State guy or around college football from that. 2003 Fiesta Bowl, right? The national championship and that sort of Miami program that he was around back then. Uh, I think most people who knew Ken Dorsey back then, the quarterback knew that there were some clear limitations to his game. Good size, but the arm talent wasn't great, right? Had to play the game from a more, uh, you know, beat ahead path, what I like to call the cerebral path. Had to be out in front of defenses, which usually then translates to pretty good coaches, because those are the guys who are thinking through the game and understanding the process more than those who lean into simple physical skill, right? So Dorsey gets done at the uh, college level. He comes into the NFL. He's a seventh-round pick, 241 in the 0-3 draft. Plays with San Francisco for a couple seasons. Then we all know he came to the Browns for a couple seasons from 06 to 08 uh, before kind of ending his career in 2010, making a trip up to the CFL where he was uh, – I think he was with the Toronto Argonauts for a season before that all sort of came together. But his Cleveland Browns tenure, in case you forgot, he was uh, brought to the Browns in 06. Uh, They traded him. uh, The 49ers traded him along with the seventh-round pick to the Browns for Trent Dilfer. You talk about names that are all over the landscape these days. So uh, he backed up Derek Anderson competing with Charlie Fry. It ended in a virtual tie when he was with Fry, right? Um and, you know, the Browns drafted Brady Quinn, so he didn't get much of an opportunity uh, as obviously the whole uh, situation worked itself out with Brady Quinn and Derek Anderson. 
So the Browns released him in 2007, right? They brought him back after Charlie Fry was traded to Seattle. Uh, and then he was sent into a game in 2008. I think that was the only time he put together any real stats with the Browns. So uh, not a ton of experience playing with the Browns, uh, but he was around, kind of signed, and, and like just sort of been a presence with that regime back in the, um, you know, the, the, the sort of, again, that was 2007 to 2009 had moments with Romeo Cornell, but, but nonetheless, uh, Dorsey didn't play a, play a ton, but he was around the Browns organization. So it has to be interesting for him to kind of run that full circle and come all the way back uh, back to Cleveland ultimately is uh, is quite funny. So then uh, Dorsey enters the NFL as a um, a pro scout, right? So he gets uh, the opportunity to be a pro scout with the Panthers in 2011. That's his first job sort of cracking into the NFL. So he starts there on the pro scout side for two years, then comes into the Carolina Panthers coaching circles where he's the quarterback's coach alongside some obviously nice Panthers teams and was a part of the quarterback coaching operation as the head of that room uh, when when Cam Newton won the MVP, right? So uh, that all obviously starts a relationship with Sean McDermott. He gets the coaching uh, quarterback coaching role with McDermott when he goes to Buffalo, 19 and 20, and then takes over in 2021 as the pass game coordinator under Dable, right, uh, with the Bills. And then when Dable goes uh, to, to New York, he takes over as the offensive coordinator for 22 and then into 2023 as well before things sort of fell apart. So uh, there's also this uh, interesting run where there was a year between his Carolina Panthers end in 2017 and joining the Bills in 2019 where he was the assistant athletic director at Florida International. So, you know, that that's a thing he did that it's kind of uh, a little bit random, but uh that, that filled the time for a year, so he took a year off. But anyway, Dorsey was, you know, ironically, a guy who was getting head coaching uh, opportunities. He interviewed with the Panthers last year. So, you know, the, the, I think the immediate memory we have is Dorsey's tenure here in 2023, but pretty well respected around the league. Uh, is, is Has always had multiple suitors coming after him. I know before the 22 season, both the Giants and Bills wanted him to be their offensive coordinator. He ultimately stayed with the Bills. And I know this offseason, the Browns were certainly not the only team to talk to him. I think the Bucks spent some time talking to him. Atlanta spent a little time talking to him, trying to figure out the OC connection there. Um, he was pursued, right? Now, not the uh, the most flashy name, but, but I think the Browns were uh, something we could all agree in a spot where the dynamic between who was calling plays and not sort of limited some of the intrigue for certain candidates. And I think that that uh, could have ultimately been a problem with more. We don't know what direction this is going to go uh, with who ends up ultimately calling plays. But I think the thing you have to think about here is what can Ken Dorsey, Deuce Staley, Tommy Reese, what can they bring to the table to sort of challenge the Browns way of thinking? Because I think that's going to be the, the, at least to me, what I'm paying the most attention to is I don't think Kevin fired and let go of people on his staff from last year for the sake of change, just change for the sake of change. I think they were very pointed in what they were trying to do and the voices they're trying to accumulate who can bring different perspective, fresh perspective, and ultimately bring more life to certain roles within the game day aspect I think the Browns want. 
now, listen, it's obvious that Dorsey has the experience of calling plays. He could ultimately do it, but it wouldn't also surprise me if Kevin sees his role as more of a guidance with quarterbacks instead of necessarily spending more time game planning you know, play calls. I think that that's certainly an element that could be uh, tied together. But I also, again, I could see him giving him the opportunity to call plays. Now, what you have to track is is certainly what happened. And that's what I'm going to be spending my time on this week is, you know, what happened to the Bills offense and why did they feel it was necessary to let go of Dorsey and bring in Joe Brady. So these are the direct quotes you have from McDermott following the decision to let him go. He said in the Tuesday afternoon after that Broncos game midseason, early November, when they made the change in the midst of a real tough time for um, the Bills' season, right? They took off, but this was in the midst of a tough time. He said, and again, this is quoting McDermott, there have been times where we moved the ball and scored points, but those times, I believe, have become few and far between. I can point to the Miami game in Week 4, which I felt very good about. Obviously, we scored on just about every, if not every, drive there. But since the Miami game, and really before that, there were some times I didn't feel like we were moving the ball well enough and scoring points. So it's just, it's the whole thing, right? He continued, the whole body of work. It's not just off of two games or four games. It's the entire season at this point. So again, at the time of firing, the Bills struggled to put together offensive consistency, 21% of drives ending in a turnover since week five. Uh, That was last in the NFL at that point. Some of which he can control, some of which he can't, right? You know, you, you sort of pick apart all those turnovers. You'll see that there are some pretty weird ones, and Josh Allen wasn't playing all too well at that time. Um, so, again, 21% of drives in and in a turnover since that week five moment, he said. And then this is, again, after 12% in and in a turnover through the first four games. So, Buffalo's offense had not scored more than 25 points since week four, and turnovers have been a major issue, especially for Allen, who led the NFL at the time. Of this article, again, which is back on November 14th, he led the NFL with 14 turnovers and 11 interceptions. McDermott continued, Josh and I speak daily, and this decision was made by me alone. Because Josh Allen, big supporter of Ken Dorsey. That was pretty well known across Buffalo. Beyond that, it's Josh's responsibility to come out and help Coach Brady, who took over as the offensive coordinator, formulate the game plan to come out and execute the game plan, take care of the football, be and be our offense more than anything, right? So, um, you know, tying in some of Josh Allen's mistakes, you put that on the offensive coordinator, fair or unfair, that's a lot of what McDermott was doing here. Statistically, the Bills' offense looks like it's among the best in the NFL, ranking third in offensive EPA per play, second in completion percentage, third in yards per play. But the reality is the Bills that are performing at a high level wasn't consistently happening despite a relatively healthy offense, and frustration was clearly building since things took a turn for the worse in Week 5. After eye-popping offensive performances from Weeks 2 to 4, where they put up 37 points in each game, the results had been a problem. The Bills' offense since Week 5 up until this November 14th point scored an average of 7 points per game in the first half, which is the fourth fewest. It had a league-high 8 turnovers in the first two quarters of those games as well. So, the splash plays were also limited. Allen throwing 10 interceptions uh, on throws of 10 or more air yards, which at the time was in the midst of Jordan Love's uh, struggling first half, which was tied for the most with him. He completed 15 of 38 passes, 39.5%, 22nd 
in the NFL, 15 or more air yards since week six. So this goes on to their midseason struggle. And now another quote from McDermott. Just some of the new energy around our offense. My hope is and my aim is that we will be able to create a little bit of confidence, clarity, ability to anticipate as opposed to, in some cases, McDermott said, react. And I think it's what a part of playing the quarterback position is all about. So, you know, you can pick that apart for what it is, but it sounds like an issue with concepts being used and the quarterback being able to anticipate those concepts, right? Some of this is projection with Brady, you know, trying to put him in the role so he can do as a close relationship with Josh as well as his quarterback coach. So there's some of that stuff that the, the reason the Bills wanted fresh perspective. They obviously didn't change the entirety of the scheme, right? But they certainly, you know, were looking to to sort of pick apart the schemes that they use and try to give more wrinkles, more answers to the quarterback. I think that's the thing that people thought was a big problem, you know, that they were necessarily not giving enough answers to the quarterback to make the game easier for Josh Allen. So, again, you know, you look at the stats, third in DVOA, first in success rate. This is all through Week 10. Third in EPA per play, fourth in QBR, third in yards per play, second and third down conversion percentage, third in red zone efficiency. I think that some of those metrics were pushed up by some, you know, individual games where the Bills' offense was... Uh, you know, driving points up the scoreboard, high up the scoreboard, and that trickles into kind of the collective whole where if you just look at individual games, there's some frustration. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets, create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What I'm doing now is seeking out opinions of people who covered the bills, who watch tape, watching tape myself, to try to understand what schemes he liked to use in the passing game and why Josh Allen struggled with that stuff versus struggling with maybe a little bit less what Joe Brady was giving him by the end of the season to pick that apart. If someone's telling you they know this answer on the Brown side of things, that's pretty much conjecture. It takes time to study these games and figure out where the breaking point sort of was, right? What what led to the firing? Uh, was he scapegoated? You know, I like that's a popular term people are using. Perhaps he was. I'm not sure. You know, you'll see people comment on this all the time. Smart people cover the NFL. But then you start to talk to people a little more close to the organization. You can pick apart some of the reasoning and rationale by which they thought that there was a move to make. From my early conversations, it feels like he was well-respected. And they thought he was pretty good at designing an offense. What they didn't think he was good enough at was coming up with answers to what defenses were giving him, providing different answers within a specific scheme, and then the layering and nuance that it takes to layer plays together to make defenses start to question a little bit of what they're seeing in front of them. That's what I've gathered. I'm going to pick that apart, read some of those to you in a bit more in-depth tonight on the Twitch show, and go through just some of the thought process around it before we talk about kind of how we're picking this apart and what we should think of that, you know, Higher in general, what does it tell us? I think the things that we have to, you know, there's still some mystery is what I'm saying as to what this all still ultimately looks like and will they hire a quarterback coach? Uh, I think there's a lot to to really, really dive into there. So uh, again, this is sort of a intro to Ken Dorsey, what he's done, what what the biggest sticking point is in this entire conversation built around was he more of the problem with Buffalo's offense and where they were in a frustrating 500 point in the season in mid-November? Or was he the guy that just had to be sacrificed to try to push them in the best direction possible? And that sort of cleaned up. The byproduct of that is it cleaned up and the offense started to play better by getting a new voice or 
just having the fear of somebody being let go who's important to the whole ordeal because opinions are very are quite varied on that, right? And the question above all questions is how important is Dorsey ultimately? If he's calling plays, he's wildly important, right? He will be very front-facing, very public-oriented, and he will have his good or bad displayed right in front of us for us to easily decipher. If he's the Alex Van Pelt of the ordeal, the new regime's Alex Van Pelt, that's a little harder to pick apart and understand, right? I think we can all agree understanding what Alex Van Pelt was doing on a weekly basis, what impact influence he had on game planning, play calling, etc., was it left a lot to be desired in terms of our understanding and ability to describe it. So if Kevin is calling plays, then you start to say, well, his his plus or minus value to this structure and what they're doing is a little less, you know, I guess obvious, right? Where, again, if I think you ask most people, what does Alex Van Pelt truly do? Pin it down. There's probably not some really specifically great answers unless you knew him or had intricate information about how the staff operated. So, again, what's abundantly obvious to me is they want new voices, fresh perspective, you know, Dorsey didn't necessarily design the run game in Buffalo, but he's been exposed to a different form of shotgun running, different form of general approach to rushing the football, something I think we could all agree that the Browns need. Tie that in with Deuce Staley. What does that look like? I think there's a chance this offense looks vastly different, but maintains a lot of the things that Kevin prefers to do. And I actually think that the personality and demeanor of Dorsey Uh, will fit in pretty well with the way Kevin approaches things. Although the most popular thing out there on his personality you will see is his uh, explosion in the press box, which was, which pretty well documented, uh, you know, during the, uh, during the 23 season, I think it was, uh, I actually think it was against the, um, against Miami uh, late in that game. So anyway, a lot to learn here. You know, I, 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 if you know me well enough, I don't love to tell you things I don't know, right? I I really don't like dealing in the unknown. So when names are brought up, I have this general understanding of what I think I know, and then I want to take that and challenge what I think I know to bring you a deeper understanding. And that's going to be the goal over the next week or so is to pick apart what Ken Dorsey was doing, his general philosophies in both run and pass, and how I think that ties into the Browns. So I will do my best to provide that to you. It's an interesting hire. Uh, I can't sit here and tell you whether I love it or hate it. I think I'm uh, I'm in between. And then we'll ultimately, again, hope that there's a, a path to figuring out what Ken is going to do, specifically whether it's front-facing or behind the scenes. I hope we can get information on that to figure out how he's going to be helping Stefanski or the entire offense. But largely, again, going to be working closely with Deshaun Watson. He's done that with Cam Newton, uh, a guy he can uh, lean into there to, to sort of, and again, you know, Deshaun was just on Cam Newton's podcast not too long ago. There's there's a connection there between Cam, Ken, Deshaun. It probably all made sense. We'll learn more about that when he gets introduced. There will be a lot of conversation, a lot of questions about those sorts of things by which we will analyze and bring them all to you. A lot of good content coming tonight on the OBR YouTube Twitch and then obviously in the coming days where we break all of this stuff down. So thanks for stopping by today on this quick hitting Monday edition. Make sure to check out 
what I think will be a pretty packed episode uh, tomorrow and the next few days where we break down Dorsey a bit more in detail. So, again, thanks for being here and making this podcast a part of your day. Check in tomorrow or tonight if you can. If you're listening to this on Monday night, you want to stop by Chalk Talk, you know, bring yourself on over. We'll, we'll break it down for you as best we can. Until then, thanks for being here. Like I always say, be well. Go Browns.